This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right. Well, that leads to a not uh, offensive side, but more of a defensive side, pitching side of things. At scientific underscore one, with the Mets seemingly lacking major pitching prospects, are you worried about what the state of the pitching staff will look like in the near future? The reason I'm not is because if you remember the Chicago Cubs, um, from their previous run that they had, where they won the World Series. They were built around all these really, really good young position player prospects. And think about what their rotation looked like. They basically bought their rotation. They would go out and acquire veteran starting pitchers. Uh, I think right now, over the next, let's say, three to five years, that may be what the Mets are doing. Because if you think about all the prospects who are about to arrive, already have arrived, who could make an impact on this roster, they're mostly position players. The the, pros- the top end prospects in this Met team, Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos, eventually Ronnie Mauricio, Alex Ramirez, guys like that. And if the Mets are going to have this young core of offensive players to go along with, we just mentioned Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, obviously Lindor signed long-term. But you've got affordable, locked-in bats all over the place. I think the Mets perennially will be dipping their toe in a free agency when it comes to pitching. And that if things work out the way we hope with some of these young bats, we're not going to be pining for big-time bats in free agency. We're not going to be talking every year about, oh, they got to add this superstar. They got to add that superstar. We may be talking more about, hey, Max Fried's a free agent. Go sign him. You know? And obviously, I'm talking three, four years from now. So there's other guys who aren't coming to mind, but guys who probably aren't even that good yet. (laughs) You know, starting pitches that haven't even developed yet. So I'm not concerned about it. And look, guy like Matthew Allen gets healthy. You can have your own prospects develop. I'm not saying that's ruled out. But what I am saying is that I'm not overly concerned about, hey, Max Scherzer is not going to be here forever. Hey, Jacob DeGrom, even if you resign him, may not be a top-notch pitcher forever. I just think they may be more built around adding pitchers from the outside um, and hopefully having developed the bats from their system, their main objective will be adding pitching from the outside. So, no, it it doesn't overly concern me. I just think that's how they're going to be built, which I know is far different than what they've done over the last decade and really in their entire history because they've been a team built around young pitching that they drafted that they developed. But right now, at least for the foreseeable future, that's just not who they are. So now the other side of it, um, at the quiz 40, the kids should have been brought up early. I believe two out of Beatty, Vientos and Alvarez will regress. Do you start the season with them and then look for trades? If they suck, their trade value will go down. 
<laughs> you can't think about their trade value. You can't. I would look at it this way, and I know you're going to be disappointed, Pete. I don't think as this offseason rolls on, and I know little has happened, but they kept Edwin Diaz. We're starting to hear all oh, this may happen, that may happen. I don't think they're going to add the bats that you want. I don't think they're going to add the bats that everybody wants. And I think they're going to rely on a lot of the young pieces that, as our last writer mentioned, they failed to call up early. Like, I think Brett Beatty being the opening day third baseman is not completely out of the question, or at least being a part of a hard platoon with Eduardo Escobar is not out of the question. Mark Canna in left field played a lot, but he wasn't a he-has-to-play-every-single-day kind of guy. So if Brett Beatty can hit, he could play a lot of third base, which could lead to Escobar playing second base, which could lead to McNeil playing maybe, let's say, a lot more left field than we thought, and Mark Canna sitting. There's a lot of creative ways where if Beatty hits, he's going to play. And I would give him that opportunity. I really would, right out of the gate. Now, guys have to show something in spring training. You're not handing him a job. I'm not saying you are. But I think if Beatty can hit a little bit in spring training, he's got a chance to be the most of the time third baseman. Vientos, it's going to depend on what they do at DH. And he's look, he's just going to have to hit too, obviously. All these guys are. Alvarez, I think, definitely is going to play a lot. I think he's going to catch a lot. I think he's going to DH a lot. How much he DHs, again, will also depend on if they add a right-handed DH or if they add another DH along with Vogelbach. But I think those three guys specifically have a legitimate chance to be on the major league roster. And in Beatty and Alvarez's case, have a chance to take a ton of at-bats. And I wouldn't be thinking about, does it hurt their value? I'm not thinking about their value. I'm thinking about, can they help this team? Can they be a part of this short-term answer? You know, so I think Beatty and Alvarez have a real chance to be on the opening day roster. Vientos is a little bit more up in the air because what would his role be? You know, where will he get those at-bats? But I really believe that a lot of the Mets' success is going to depend on how good Francisco Alvarez is. He has a chance to change the dynamic of this lineup. You know, last year, they had good defense behind the plate, but they didn't get a lot of offensive production from catcher. They've got a chance, even if Alvarez is half as good offensively as we think, 50% as good offensively as we think, to improve the production from the catcher position by a ton even by him just being half as good as we think. So I think Alvarez and Beatty have a big chance to have an impact early. Uh, I agree, and I will say that I'm not opposed, especially having Alvarez start the season up in a big league, same with Beatty too. Like I'm all about that. But I think you have enough space to sign up. Listen, I'm, I don't expect them to go get judge. I just don't. Should they make an offer? Yeah. Do I expect them to get Turner? No, but I'd like to really make a run for him. And you could still then platoon whoever you want. You could still find that bats for Alvarez, that bats for Beatty, that bats for – there's plenty of bats to go around. Trust me, I promise you that. You still need to improve the offense a little bit more. Yeah, but I think Trey Turner and any other significant offensive bat you mentioned, I think they're only in play if they lose Nemo. I don't think they're in play in conjunction with Brandon Nemo. I think the kind of bat they would add, assuming they keep Brandon Nemo, is a guy who could fill the DH role. 
know, a guy like Jose Abreu, I think, becomes a legitimate option. But I would be really surprised, and I don't mean to, you know, bring a, a cloud over Met fans if you were expecting more, but I would be really surprised if they keep Brandon Nimmo, paying him $130 million, and then go add a big-time offensive bat. I don't expect that. If they lose Nimmo, is all that stuff in play? Absolutely. But it's replacing Brandon Nimmo creatively. Because even if I'm wrong about what I said about Turner months ago, that I'd sign him to play center field. Let's say it's not on the table. He's not interested in playing center field. You can still sign him and have him replace Brandon Nimmo by way of McNeil playing the outfield and Marte playing center field. But I think that's where they would add a big-time bat. Uh, I don't think it would be in conjunction with Nimmo. And a part of it is Steve Cohen made a comment a couple of months ago, a while ago, I forget when, about they can't pay everybody at every position. Eventually, you're going to need some of your own guys to come up and contribute because for the first five years of their career, they're not making a lot of money. You know, And that's not about being cheap. That's about being smart. So you can allocate your funds, like I mentioned earlier, towards all the big-time starting pitchers that you're going to sign over the next couple of years. Um, all right. At Check Raise You, would you rather DeGrom for $50 million a year or Rodon for twenty five and Turner for thirty? <laughs> so would I rather trade Turner <laughs> and Carlos Rodon than Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. And I assume with DeGrom, I'm keeping Brandon Nemo, right? So it's DeGrom and, or am I adding it? See, that's the thing. Like, am I well, replacing? There's no Nemo here. There's no Nemo here. So Nemo's just gone, period. Nemo's so just gone. Ah, uh, look, Turner and Radon make you better. From a baseball standpoint, I'm not going to argue otherwise. Um, to have that kind of offensive player on your team, that kind of engine to your offense on your team and Trey Turner, wherever you're playing him, I can't minimize how valuable that is. That's incredible. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team radone radone was great last year for the giants he was great the year before for chicago i'd be concerned about his health no i think his health is a major question too um so i think you do take a hit in the rotation because i still view Degrom, and maybe this is the difference of opinion i have with some other med fans not all is that i don't necessarily think Degrom is this average starting pitcher now i don't think he's the guy he was over the handful of starts he made this past year, I think there's a really good chance that Jacob DeGrom could have another Cy Young season. 
may not be a 1-5 ERA, but I think he absolutely can win another Cy Young. And so I don't think Carlos Rodon, as good as he is, would be as dominant as what I think Jacob deGrom could still be. And that obviously leaves out the sentimentality of it, that he's our guy. You know, he's the seaver of our generation, as I've said before. So I want DeGrom back. Do I want him back even if it means I'm not making moves that make my team clearly better, like that writer suggested? No, it's just it's a, it's a tough question because I want to win. Obviously, winning is the most important thing. But I really believe deep down, besides just the love that we may have for him, I believe that he gives him the best chance to win. Because I also think he's got those balls that you can't predict other guys have. You know, despite his struggles at the end of last year, Jacob DeGrom is the guy who showed up and won the one playoff game the Mets won. As much as we killed him for the Atlanta start, Jacob DeGrom was the best starting pitcher of the three. He just was. So it almost makes that start look better because of what Scherzer did, because of what Bassett did. And I'm never afraid that DeGrom's going to struggle because of the moment. He may struggle because, you know, he's, he's not human. feeling right. <laughs> by by what'd you say? By he, he, that he's human. <laughs> yeah, that right, that he's human. I just don't think the moment's ever gonna get to him. So you could create whatever question you want out there. I'm probably still gonna lean towards the answer being re-sign Jacob DeGrom. Well, no, that that that's what everyone keeps telling me too. Like, oh, you guys just the Mets would be stupid to bring back Degrom. He's too expensive, and you know it's just it. There's he's too injured to this, to that. And he, my to my caveat is this: my my rebuttal is this. If Jacob Degrom is as good as he's been in the past, which I believe he will be, why do I want him anywhere else but on the Mets? Yeah, and you don't want to risk it. You don't want to risk having see him be that same guy somewhere else. So. Look, I've made my points very clear about this. I think it's essential that they keep him, uh, and hopefully they do. And hopefully we're all arguing with each other about how great he is and where he lives in MLB starting pitcher history as opposed to how much do you want to pay him. Pay the guy, bring him back, and let's give it another run of DeGrom and Scherzer as a one-two punch. Uh, From at GRR Jr., so this kind of leads into the bigger end of the se- end of the offseason. What is your perfect offseason for Mets free agent signings and trades? Uh, the perfect offseason would be you re-sign Jacob DeGrom, you re-sign Brandon Nemo, and you pull off a blockbuster for Shohei Otani. No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess it would be very exciting. I doubt that's going to happen. I, I think keeping DeGrom keeping Nemo, keeping Taiwan Walker, and then adding, you know, one DH bat. You know, I was thinking Jock Peterson at the beginning of this process. Jock actually took his tender and his back, so he's not even going to be available in free agency. Maybe it's a trade for Ian Happ that doesn't cost me all that much, but I'm not looking for, I don't need necessarily this big blockbuster offseason. Like, if you bring back those guys, which I always thought was a priority, bringing back DeGrom, bringing back Nimmo, the bullpen thing is such a crapshoot. They obviously have to add left-handed relievers. So my dream offseason includes adding that, whether it's Andrew Chafin as a guy or a few others. But I think as far as the bat is concerned, a DH. 
you know, a guy who can kind of fill in and be a more sturdy DH bat than what we saw this past year from at first the combo of Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, into the combo of Daniel Vogelback and Darren Ruff. This doesn't need to be this star-studded, sexy offseason. It doesn't. Uh, I know that a lot of people feel it needs to be. I don't think it needs to be. I always thought that keeping your own guys was the number one priority. So my dream offseason is keeping our own guys. It would be very difficult to watch Brandon Nimmo in another uniform and us all figuring out, all right, how do you replace him? Same thing with Jake, as we pointed out. Um, so my dream offseason is keeping these guys. And I think I'd be content. Uh, I don't think Hoff would be content. He needs Trey Turner in his life. But <laughs> just bring us, bring the guys back. Yeah, bring them back. But again, like you just play, and this is my issue that I maybe I just can't look past it. You played a hot, you, you, you had won 101 games. You had a terrible wild card series versus the Padres. Right. And you're going to bring the same team back. Now, clearly, um, you know, there's going to be some people missing, like Bassett's probably not coming back. You know, Bassett and or Walker are not going to come back. Uh, we're hopefully going to offload James McCann somewhere. There's going to be some pieces that are going to be gone, and then you think that these young guys, are good, young prospects are going to help too, but it's not enough. Like, I feel like there was something that was missing from this team, especially in playoff time. But, but you, and you're not alone in this, almost talk about this team as if they weren't that good and they need something major to change that. They won 101 games. Yes, they sucked against Atlanta. Yes, they sucked against San Diego. No, I'm not arguing that. But I don't think this is the kind of team that needs a makeover. Like, they need major, major, major changes. It's not a makeover, though. It's not a makeover. I'm not saying, oh, get rid of everybody. I'm saying one thing that will be really nice is to have protection for Pete Alonso. And that's 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 the DH you're talking about. I don't know if Jose Abreu or or JD Martinez are the guys to do it anymore. Unfortunately, that they're just kind of out of their prime. So, like, I'm thinking, who's the next best available? There's not many pieces. So either you have to trade for somebody, or you have to bring in a or, one big piece that's available. Or you've got to do the boring thing. And I know it's boring, especially in the middle of November. You need your young freaking players to grow a pair and become stars. You know, ask yourself this. Why did the Houston Astros win the World Series this year? No, why? What was the thing that got the Houston Astros to a world championship? And I know it's not one thing. There's a lot of things. So I'll list you a few things. Jordan Alvarez has become an MVP caliber stud. Jordan Alvarez was a nobody that they acquired for a relief pitcher from the Dodgers a half a decade ago. Jeremy Pena who was asked to replace Carlos Correa, became a sturdy, everyday player, and then a freaking postseason GOAT. And I don't mean a bad GOAT, a GOAT, you know? That's a positive term these days. You need your young guys to contribute. So how did the Mets improve from a year ago? Besides maybe Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom pitch a whole season, assuming they're both back. Uh, How do they get better? They get better because they've got young bats who have to produce that that that's how they get better. And by the way, their DH spot could not possibly be worse than what it was last year. By accident, it would be better than last year. Dom Smith, we have to say goodbye to this week. I left that out. 
I didn't bring that up in the uh, beginning of this podcast because Dom Smith's forgettable. That's why. That's why I forgot to bring it up. Oh, they non-tended him. Guess what? The guy couldn't even be in the major leagues the last two months of the season. I like Dom. Dom had his moments. We were all wrong about Dom, especially after that 2020 season. We thought he would be the answer. Him and Alonzo could switch off at first base. One with DH when the DH came. Met fans celebrated the DH rule because they thought it benefited us. Yeah, it benefited us. Oh, God. Better off having the pitchers hit last year. But if you can get just a little bit more production out of the DH spot, the offense becomes a lot better. You know, and that's, of course, assuming Lindor is still an all-star caliber player. McNeil may not win a batting title, but is still an offensive uh, force that he is. Alonzo still has good offensive numbers. You can't have those guys fall off. Obviously, if they do, it changes the entire complexion of this offense. But I don't think they need to do anything major. The key to the Mets next year, it's going to be those young guys making an impact. You know, if we're talking about Francisco Alvarez as a rookie of the year candidate, that changes the offense in a major, major way. 